Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with Master Wrestler, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Hey, Irish. Question so, that Master Wrestler. I mean, I'm You're here. questioning that? Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm, am, am I, I spend most of my life on a like a turtle on its back, but okay. <laughs> I'm setting too high a bar here for this whole thing. Am <laughs> I lower? Happiness so little... is found in low expectations. All right, sorry about that. I'll do better next time. I promise. So today we have a question uh, about a concept or an idea that I think almost everyone is familiar with. It comes from a listener named Dan, and he says his son is struggling with his faith. And he asks Dan this question. If God knows everything, he would know that a certain person he created is going to hell. Why would God create someone he knows is going to hell? Can you answer that, Father Len? That is a great question. However, um, just to go back a step. So when Dan said he's struggling with his faith, I wouldn't say he's struggling with his faith. He's wrestling with his faith. Because that's a really, that's a nuanced question he's answering. And if he's a kid and he's asking that question, to me, it holds great promise. So good for him. Struggle with this. And I love how he starts out with the idea of creation, where even in the Bible, I love this phrase. It comes up a couple of times where God says uh, that I knitted you together in your mother's womb. I gave you your gifts. I gave you gifts you don't even know about yet. So I'd like how it does say that, yes, God does create us. And then the kid looks at it from the other end. Well, why would God create us unless all of us are going to go to heaven? And that is something that a lot of people have wrestled with. But really what it's wrestling with is not hell. It's wrestling with this concept of free will that we can choose. That's amazing part. So in the Catholic idea, nobody, God doesn't send anybody to hell. We choose hell. Free will means that you can refuse love. And you say, well, nobody would refuse that. Everybody would want to go to hell. There's some great, oh, sorry, everybody would want to go to hell. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah, easy, Father Len. Remember, you're the master wrestler. I told you, turtle on its back. But I actually think, yes, some people would refuse heaven. And C.S. Lewis writes this great story called The Great Divorce, where the people in hell, they can come up and look into heaven. They can take a bus ride right to the heaven's gate, and heaven's gate is always kept open, and they still don't want to walk in. For one reason or another, it's actually a great little story, but you find it in the Gospels as well. Where in the Gospels, um, you have the story of rich man the rich man and Lazarus, if you remember that parable. I do. Where the rich man, he has everything in life. You know, he had sumptuous banquets and all this, but the only one he ever cared for is just himself. And then you have the poor man, Lazarus. And Lazarus, he doesn't go to heaven because he's poor. doesn't really get into that. It gets into the rich man. So the rich man... He's sitting in kind of this hellish existence, right? And he can look into heaven and still not understand that heaven is this community of love. Still can't get it. 
he can see Lazarus, who he knows, uh, with his head on the bosom of Abraham. And he can see this place of love, and he doesn't get it because he keeps um, several times in the story, the rich man in hell keeps saying to Father Abraham, tell Lazarus to be my servant. Tell him to get me some water. Tell him to get me this. Even in hell, he still can't get what it's like to treat another human being as a brother. Lazarus will always be considered a servant or trash to him. And he can look right into heaven and not get what it's about. Or another example, Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, the Gospel of Luke is 10 meals with Jesus. On meal six, Jesus welcomes everybody to the table. Tax collectors, prostitutes, Minnesota Viking fans, all of them are welcome. <laughs> um, and just to complete the analogy, the Green Bay fans are right next to the Minnesota fans. Everybody loves everybody else. That's the view of heaven. And the Pharisees see Jesus being able to welcome everyone, and they complain. And Jesus, at that point, gives six parables. I'm not going to go over them, but he gives six parables. And the six parables are basically this. Oh, you can't stand those people over there? Then you're not going to like heaven. Heaven is this place of love and unity. And if you want to hate this section of people, then you'll never understand what heaven is about. So the choice starts here. Do you want to, like, none of us are perfect, but do you yearn for this place where everybody's united together in love? Or do you yearn for this place where I'm just a little bit better? That's the rich man's problem. So in one sense, you can refuse God. You can refuse God, refuse love, refuse community, and God will respect your choices. That's the scary part. God's not going to force anybody into heaven. He'll beg, he'll plead. But if you want hell, you can choose it. Um, that's our concept of the sin against the Holy Spirit, that you can say no to God. And even like, I thought this was amazing. You know, you hear these stories of near-death experiences. Uh-huh. Um, and you go through the tunnel, and then there's this great light. Well, there's this uh, fairly well-known atheist in England who had a near-death experience. And he went through the light, um, or went through the tunnel, saw the light, and all he could think is he hated the light. Wow. And so, I know. So anyhow, uh, they asked him afterwards, said, well, do you, do you think there's anything real after death? And he says, no, no, that was all in my head. So, like, he re even refused to admit the reality of the experience. And then even seeing the light, he want, he said, actually, he said he wanted to extinguish the light, which means you would choose the darkness. So J.K. Rowling's when he, she's uh, writing uh, Harry Potter, there's a line in Harry Potter where Harry has this afterlife experience experience after death experience and um there's a part where harry says is this real or is it just happening in my head and dumbledore says well of course it's real and why wouldn't it be happening inside your head jk rowling said when she read the article about this atheist who had the near-death experience and discounts it and hates the light that's when she came up with that line but it just proves some people will refuse God. They'll refuse love and God will respect their 
uh, choice. Now, so the question really revolves around the question, why would God create us if he knows some people are going to choose hell? Well, God's going to do his best to get us into heaven. And to say, well, God's going to only make us where we choose one way, that would take away our free will. And the definition of a human being is that we have free will. If we don't have free will, then we're really like toasters. We only have one response. You press a button down and it does what it's supposed to do. But if God took away our free will, we'd no longer be be human. God gives us free will. And it's not fair to say, God, just give me enough free will that I can't mess up my life too much. (laughs) Um, Wow. that's not really free will. In fact, uh, that's nothing more than a type of infancy where the parent makes all the choices. We'd say, no, God really does respect our free will. Now, the other part is that there's a difference between God knowing and God causing. God knowing is not the same thing as God causing. And I remember um, I was in kindergarten when I first realized this, because to me, it was an aha moment. And we had these little tiny booklets of Bible stories. And it told the story of uh, the rich man and Lazarus. And it had these little kind of kiddie commentaries. And I remember it used the analogy that a doctor can look at a patient and know that they're sick and know the course of the illness but that doesn't mean the doctor caused it. So uh, a doctor can know the course of a disease, but he's not causing it. So ex- let's use an example of, because I have this example all the time, a doctor in diabetes, that somebody has diabetes. Well, I can look at them and say, okay, if they're not exercising and not watching their diet and they're overweight, you know what's going to happen. That doesn't mean I caused it. Um, so it's it's not God having full knowledge doesn't mean that God has chosen us a certain way. And in fact, the teaching of the church from St. Paul to the Council of Trent, and I love this teaching, is that for every human being, God gives sufficient grace that we can choose God, even though our knowledge of God is lacking. So Every human being has enough graces poured onto them that they can either choose love or not choose love. So his question, why would God create a human being that might end up in hell? The problem is, is that in heaven and hell, there are no time. Time only exists in this universe. Heaven is not this endless amount of time. Heaven is actually completely different. Heaven is where there's no time. And so Non-time analogies, temporal, atemporal events are really kind of hard to explain because I have no idea what it's like to be, live in an atemporal event. But even the early church father said, when God who exists outside of time and space looks at creation, it looks more like a painting, can see forward and backwards. But God knowing is not the same, knowing our future is not the same thing as us having a pre-existence. It's more like running a race. You may be able to tell who has a chance of winning the race because they worked out and dieting. But that or they have more mean, talent. 
or yeah, you can just, you can see who worked out, who practiced and you know, that's going to cause them to win. Then take that analogy one more asking why should some people be allowed to race unless they're going to win that takes away free will. So what the kid is asking is, well, why shouldn't, why should God allow people in the race unless they're going to finish? Well, we're created in time and we have a choice. And when we die, we move on to a greater adventure, but we all get to run the race. And some may choose to turn away from God and heaven and love. And some may want their life to turn towards love and God and heaven. But so it's for- not fair to say, I know this answer. It's not fair to say, well, God shouldn't allow anybody in the race unless they're going to win. I don't think so. Uh, God says, no, I'm going to create you and give you so many graces that you can choose love. But if you want to reject it, you can. Does that, so it's kind of like, well, I hate to say this. The kid is asking a really good question, but I'd frame the question. Well, you know, should everyone who plays any sort of competition always win? <laughs> well, n- no. And I'm not saying we're, we're not competing against each other. We're competing against ourselves. That, totally. I, I totally um, get it. So the one thing you said, though, and this is where I think that there may be some mystery, some, something that's hard to understand. You said that it's our choice you know, how we live our life. And if we're gonna, you know, if we're gonna go to hell, and even look into heaven on the way to hell, we might not choose heaven because we're like, take the rich man. Uh, He's really blinded by, you know, his ego, his superiority, wanting to be superior, and still seeing Lazarus in heaven as this servant of his. But you also said that God will do everything he can to convince you to do the right thing, to to not go to hell. Um, and, and if God is this all-powerful something, why doesn't God win in the end? Yes, God is all-powerful. But part of God's power is that he allows us free will. So I, the only way, when you say win... The only way God's going to win is if he makes us into toasters and takes away our free will. So now those in heaven are permanently turned towards love. They've made that choice. And think about this. The part that amazes me about that near-death experience of the atheist, he can even go in front of the light. And everybody who goes in front of the light says that they felt such incredible love. And all he could feel is wanting to destroy the light. So you could say, well, God being all powerful, he should fix the race. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. that probably puts it in perspective. Yeah, because then there, there isn't a race. <laughs> There's no race if the race is fixed. Yeah. And part of me and this, I kind of wonder if like questions like that come from generations of everybody getting a trophy that no, those who worked harder may win the baseball game. And heaven is not this competition of us against one another, but heaven is a choice. And just showing up is not good enough. I love it. it. Well, 
Father Lynn, I, I think uh, you've given Dan's son a lot to think about, and hopefully this has helped him. I think it's really helped me, and hopefully it's helped all of our listeners. So um, I hope if, listeners, if you have a question or a comment about the Wrestling With God show, uh, I hope you'll head over to our website. It's www.gshow.com, www.gshow.com. And click on the questions button. You can send us a text, an email, uh, or a voicemail. And we'd love to hear from you. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm -hmm.